Hey, fellow marketers, how's it going? Welcome to another special episode of the Marketing Help Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Harbison. Now, before we get into today's special episode, um, just a quick reminder to head on over to themarketinghelp.co. Now, we've got a ton of great free and premium resources there for you. A um, couple examples, we've actually curated a page of books uh, just for marketers. So head on over to the site, check that out. Also, we've got a couple guides uh, aimed specifically at researching and preparing for marketing jobs and interviews. Uh, so um, definitely check those out at themarketinghelp.co. Now today, we have a special guest in uh, Matt Roberts. Now Matt, I met a couple of months ago, thought he'd be a great guest for the podcast, specifically because uh, he's aligned with a, a mission that's very similar to the marketing help. And that is currently in one of his roles, he's focused on um, finding and creating content to support college students in their pursuit of a marketing career, specifically in the local Philadelphia area. So I thought it'd be great to have him on. Um, so currently he works for the uh, Philadelphia chapter of the American Marketing Association, but he also runs a very successful marketing consultancy. So in today's episode, you know, Matt's going to help share some specific points uh, to recognize and capitalize when he, what he calls the marketer's mindset. So uh, let's take a listen. Hey, fellow marketers, welcome to the Marketing Help podcast. Now, today's guest is Matt Roberts, and Matt is the VP of Collegiate, Collegiate Relations for the Philadelphia chapter of the American Marketing Association, and uh, he's the owner of SwiftWord Marketing, which is a strategic marketing group. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Matt. Thank you very much, Eric. So the topic is, you know, the topic that we're going to talk about today is very interesting because I think, you know, you and I talked about it before and just the, the, the notion and the concept of the marketer's mindset just, just becomes very interesting when you start to, to, to kind of, uh, un, you know, unpack it and, and dig deeper. And I know the conversation we had initially about it was very intriguing, which is why I think it's very valuable for our audience to learn more about this. So, I mean, let's just start the, um, the episode here, just tell us more and, and can you define for us what the marketer's mindset is? I think of the marketer's mindset as the way that they come at the questions of understanding behavior and influencing behavior. Uh, it's, and to me, the, the, the most essential aspect of it is an insatiable curiosity. Uh, uh, I call it a perpetual inquisitiveness. Um, it, what we're trying to understand in the marketer's mindset, what we're trying as we apply the marketer's mindset, what we're trying to understand is why are things the way they are, what would need to change for the situation to change. And usually in marketing, we're talking about changing behaviors of uh, buyers and sellers. Got it. Yeah, I mean, the, inqui the inquisitiveness um, and curiosity I mean, something that, that I've seen in, in marketers, you know, at any level that I've hired or worked with, but I guess when it comes to someone being successful or I guess tapping into and maximizing their marketers mindset, um, you know, what's the opportunity? Is it something that is it generational in terms of who can maximize their marketers mindset, or is it something that can apply to anybody and, and someone can learn it, develop it and get better at it? And if so, how would they do that? Well, let's start with the end of it. The way that they can do it is to understand the information that stands behind it. So uh, a 20-year-old marketer can influence the behavior of a 65-year-old if they understand the 65-year-old's 
uh, perspective on an issue. And that's that's an understandable thing. Just because you're not 65 doesn't mean you can't understand a 65-year-old. What you need to do is you need to listen to a bunch of 65-year-olds uh, as opposed to listening to a 35-year-old product manager who wants to sell something to 65-year-olds. Uh, so I think that in order for you to apply a marketing mindset to a, a target audience, even if you can't relate to that target audience, is to learn how to relate to them. And I like I always tell people, you want to get fresh insights. And, and that might mean doing a market research. It might mean combing through data. But you need to open up your mind to say, my experience is not the experience of my target audience. I don't have... Um, a persistent ring around my collar and my shirt. I don't have a persistent problem with uh, babies throwing up uh, in my house. I don't have a persistent problem with, with being hard of hearing, but I can understand what those problems and what those feelings are by listening to those consumers. And the same thing goes with B2B. Um, and that's that's one of the most exciting things about what I do in my in, in hard work with my clients is I'm constantly learning about the unique problems of different peoples in different businesses by listening to what their day is like and listening to what their concerns are. So, you know, the reward for being insatiably curious is that you're constantly learning new uh, perspectives and, and new elements of the world around you. And you have to be open to that. And the opposite, just to anticipate your next question, <laughs> the opposite of that is to say, look, I know this algorithm. I don't care what your issue is. I'm going to fit it into this algorithm and I will come out the other end with whatever the keyword terms are. Right. And so often I meet people who are so in love with their tool and they're so proud of themselves for mastering a tool that to them, anything can be solved. Any problem can be mastered just by bringing that problem to my tool. And, and there's, a, there's an old adage that, that really accurately defines this. Uh, it, it's a very simple axiom. It says surgeons cut. And in the world of healthcare, uh, people always say, if you bring a problem to a surgeon, they will bring a scalpel to the solution. But in healthcare, we know so many times, you don't need a scalpel and, and you, you need to be more open to different modalities. The same thing is true in marketing. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great analogy or a, a great way to frame it up to, to understand that, um, you know, even from the machine standpoint, like you said, uh, I think it's, it's, it's uh, great to have that mentality of, uh, the machine can do so much, but at the end of the day, the human interaction or understanding more about what humans are experiencing um, is really where the you know where the the battle can be won, if you will, to make sure that what you're looking to create as a marketer is actually effective. Um, you know, so it, it, what I'm hearing is you know fresh insights feed into that insatiable curiosity. Um, is there any brands that you see out there doing it well, meaning they're applying the, the right marketer's mindset when it comes to um, being curious, getting the information, but then providing just a really, really relevant experience? You know, there's examples across the spectrum of B2C and B2B. And when I think about the audience of this podcast, I'm thinking about people that are just beginning their career and they need to, to think about why they prefer certain brands to other brands um, and why certain brands are, are, are sundowning or have become passe. And I could give examples that um, may not be uh, the providers of products that people in their 20s or even 30s are, are buying. 
Um, so it might not it might not be as authentic. I'm I'm now thinking about what brands have come out of nowhere uh, to establish a primacy in the mind of a consumer who's between, let's say, eighteen to thirty five. And certainly, there are um, consumer products. Um, not a lot of business products, um, services, and I'm trying to think of a of a brand right now that, for example, a 25 year old would would be very loyal to. Um, well, let me say it this way: I'm I'm seeing that that Levi's is yep. doing best to become more relevant to people that would otherwise pick different more trendy brands. Levi's is a very old, old brand. And I'm noticing that the way that they're trying to sell jeans with their with their messaging looks like it's pretty effective. I also believe that there's some beverage companies that are doing the same thing in a very crowded space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point of, of you know, just focusing on that, that demographic, um, 1835, which brands seem to connect with, with them? Well, you think about the research, or let's say there's... Um, there's an element of being tied to causes and there's an element of being connected to brands that actually are connected to causes or doing good, if you will. So it's, it's where you see these, these brands, uh, Casper mattresses, Warby Parker, any brand that seems to understand that because they probably did effective research to know it's not just about buying the thing. It's about what is behind the why for that business so, you know, Casper that does donations, Warby Parker that donates glasses for every purchases, uh, for every every purchase made. So I think there's those could be brands that have elements of um, we understand our audience because we're getting inside their head to see what what um, emotionally connects with them and to make it more of an experience and less of a transaction. As a matter of fact, the the element of being a member of a tribe that does good while while providing goods is something that I've noticed. And uh, we see a company out there selling socks and saying, look, if you buy our socks, we'll donate socks. If you buy our sandals, we'll donate sandals. Um, Be be a person who makes choices that are are unassailable. Don't be known as that person that's a selfish Gen Xer. <clears throat> be that person who's helping the world with every one of your purchases. Right. So, so to your point earlier about the audience listening, so let's say, you know, there's someone listening who's, um, you know, getting started in their marketing career. Maybe they're, they're, they're graduated, have just graduated. Uh, maybe they're a year into their first role. You know, what, what sorts of things, how should they be thinking about uh, opening the, their minds to embracing more of the marketer's mindset? Because again, at that stage of their career, there's an opportunity for them to really, um, you know, kind of stand out in a positive way because they are embracing uh, this this notion of uh, insatiable curiosity. So what are some things they should be doing? Is there exercises? Is there um, challenges? Is, is there things they should be doing outside of work or in work uh, to, to put themselves in a better position? Always be asking, why are people doing what they're doing? And never, never be satisfied that you know the answer. Um, always assume that there's an answer behind that answer. So I would say when you go to buy something to eat at lunch, wonder why you've chosen that. And when you look at the people that are standing in the same line, wonder what choices they decided against and what what motivated them to be in the same place. When you are uh, going to pick up something to eat um, or going to pick up something to wear, uh, ask yourself, why are people not doing what I'm doing? 
and and how are those companies staying in business because they certainly are and get out of your own uh perspective as much as possible realize that while you're buying whatever you're buying many many other people are making another choice and if you realize that that nothing in the world happens until somebody sells something which right. is which is the driving force of why people pay marketers, then you have to understand that somebody's selling something that you don't want to buy to somebody very successfully. And you need to understand that mindset. Why, why is another product that I would never buy selling to other people? And who, who would be buying something that I wouldn't buy? So if you, if you can intertwine the, the realization that commerce is being done you know, every second among everybody, whether they're doing it for business or personal reasons, and somebody is always succeeding at changing a behavior and closing a sale, then you're, you're, you're walking within a web of, of relationships with brands and choices that you understand are as, as much emotional and, um, and spontaneous as they are considered and serious. Why an engineer chooses to to buy a certain product to build a bridge? Why a certain car manufacturer chooses to put the the battery behind the back seat versus under the hood? Uh, why you can't get uh, a, a ticket on sale the day you want it to go to visit you know a friend or go see a concert? Those are the kind of questions that, if you reverse engineer them, come back to a marketing question, a marketing opportunity, a marketing victory, or a marketing failure. Right. I mean, great insights. And and you earlier talked about you know asking those questions of your customers again, trying to seek to get those insights to help uh, shape how you as a marketer would think. And I guess when it comes to surveying customers or trying to get inside their heads, are there certain angles or types of questions that are best? Um, that should be asked by marketers, you know, when you think of like, you know, NPS surveys are one thing, but in terms of like getting inside the head of a customer, are there specific questions that marketers should be thinking to ask? Well, here's a couple of insights that I think are really important. The first one is that lately when I'm seeing surveys online, I'm realizing that they're written by young people who can't wait to get to the answer, which is going to be either validating uh, or, or, or refuting their clients or their own hypothesis. That's not a good idea. Uh, when you when you go out looking for information, you can have an idea, but it shouldn't be the end point of the research. Uh, you need to be open to to getting insights that you didn't have. Uh, that's that's very very important. Uh, the second thing is when you are looking at getting gathering insights you have to ask the why behind the why why do i need to understand this information and what what is it that is in the mind of my of my target audience that my my boss my company my my client needs to know that i'm going to be praised for bringing them the 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 the, oh wow! I didn't realize that the the relationship that they that they weren't aware of. One of the things that we as marketers need to understand is that if if we are hired by somebody that already has a product, they invented that product, they designed that product years ago, um, maybe maybe one year ago, maybe three years ago. So much has happened and continues to happen, so that you're always. When you're being asked to market something, you're always marketing it in a changed atmosphere. 
from when it was first conceived. And if you keep that in the back of your head, not in a smug way, but understanding, I, I understand that, that the people that are asking me to do this want this done tomorrow. But since they first conceived or perfected their product, so much has changed. My job is to understand where to build a bridge between what they originally wanted this thing to do and why, and what people needed to do and how they're going to choose it tomorrow. So you have that, you exist in that day, which, which, is, which is subsequent to the day of invention or inspiration, but, is, but precedes the day of commitment and transaction, which is going to happen in the future. So you exist in, in this wonderful moment of, I had the opportunity to find out why was something invented or built and how will it be relevant and how will it become essential tomorrow? And that's, that's a very, very important um, bridge that you need to operate as the marketer. Right. And it sounds like in, in order to get there and get the right information to help you know, solve for that bridge or to build that bridge, you know, the types of questions asked, like you said, you know, oftentimes we see the, you know, just get to the point sort of um, uh, questions being asked, but it also may support the, the need or the value of having open-ended text box when it comes to seeking and gathering feedback from customers. Again, letting them tell their story in their own words uh, so that we're not necessarily just, you know, fitting them into boxes or multiple choices, but letting them kind of elaborate in their own words, because sometimes how customers state uh, a need or a want is much different than what we assume. You know, Eric, the secret weapon that you just identified of a good marketer is that they can take that information, maybe even turn it into a verbatim and help build whatever the tagline or the branding is going to be because now you're really speaking in the language of the target customer, right? Actually leveraging the insights, you're turning that around and making that the pitch. And if you can do that, then you've, you're more than halfway to getting the person to say, I want to know more about that. Exactly. Right. Cause, cause it's, it's, it's uh, hidden gems that exist in the minds of customers that uh, they're telling themselves in their heads all the time. But if you give them a channel to kind of unload uh, then I think there's there's a lot of opportunity there to find, like you're saying, to find the tagline, to find the testimonial, to find the thing that's going to uh, help resonate with who you're trying to reach, especially if you're in a commoditized or a uh, competitive market. So that's why I think that if I were to write a book for young marketers, I would title it D, none of the above. <laughs> uh, I'd read that book. That's a great <laughs> book. <laughs> um, real quick, just switching back to the marketer here. So, um, you know, I talked about what early stage marketers should be thinking and how they should be approaching their roles and asking why behind the why. Now, if you're on the other side, so you're a manager, you're a director, you're a VP, and you're hiring, you're looking to build a marketing team. What kind of questions are you asking in the interview to make sure that the person who's going to be taking that marketing role is the right fit because you want to you want someone who embraces uh, the marketer's mindset? What what sort of questions are we asking in interviews so that um, as hiring managers for marketing roles we we make sure we have uh, somebody who's who's got the right mindset? I always want to look for people that exhibit a curiosity and a resourcefulness, and I will very often ask a very very I'll ask an impossible question. And I've done this a couple of times. It's a question that uh, doesn't have enough information involved in it to give, me, to give me an answer. And when I have people that I see default to a tool or a technique, uh, I know that 
that that they're that they're people who are defined that way and they they might have a role and if i need a, a good technical person i might consider hiring them but t- i tend to want to hire people or i tend to want to work with people who have that innate curiosity so that when they when they give me a feedback that lets me know that their wheels are turning uh about why did i pose the question that way uh what what are they going to be expected to to do to inform my plan or the plan? I know that they're thinking along the right uh, through lines for mm-hmm. for establishing good good uh, questions and and informed answers when it comes to the strategy. Uh, there's a there's a very old joke that uh, they, I mean very old joke. Why did the chicken cross the road? And I'll sometimes ask this of young marketers. <laughs> and of course, I, I get a look like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and, and you know, every, every once in a blue moon, you know, somebody will say, well, tell me more about the chicken. Um, and, and where are they? And I know that that's a person I can have a conversation with. And that's a person who's, who's, who's got a, a, a good career uh, success in front of them because they're, they're coming to these, these new situations, asking questions that, will, that are designed to, to give them more power and more um, uh, equipment with which to do their job as marketers. Um, there's always going to be a need for diverse talent in the marketing profession. Um, just because someone's motivated by a particular mindset doesn't mean that their perspective can or won't change. So when, when I... Um, when I am asked by young marketers, how can I succeed? I let them know that that every couple of years, marketing tools change and, and marketing um, uh, applications fall in and out of vogue. What, what enables uh, marketers to succeed is that they maintain their, their, their mindset and they let people know around them that they are people that can think strategically first and tactically second. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting because when you, uh, you know, uh, uh, for anyone listening, it's, it's be prepared to be asked the question, why the chicken crossed the road in an interview, but also know to be prepared if he, if it makes sense, you know, be curious and ask more questions about that question. Uh, cause oftentimes it's not cut and dry. Um, and I agree, you know, finding, asking questions that are more open-ended, look, seeking for someone to exhibit curiosity, critical thinking, um, yet being confident in their answers uh, should be ways to identify, yes, this could be a marketer who, who has the right levels of ins- um, insightfulness, resourcefulness, empathy, etc. cetera. Uh, but that's a great point. And I think that's a question we may see popping up in interviews more frequently. <laughs> you know, we all took those tests in school where the, the, the teacher would say, show your work. Right. And I remember getting credit, half credit for the work being done the right way, but the final answer being off. Um, I didn't get full credit, but I got half credit. In marketing, I tend to grade on a curve. So even if you don't, even if you can't get the right answer, if you show me your work, I will give you full credit for being a person who has that marketing mindset. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Just the mentality of showing your work because there's something in there that, that uh, could be valuable that people need to see how you're, how you're constructing it and how you're thinking. Um, so, you know, as it, as it comes to kind of all, all things, marketers mindset, a lot of the things you talked about, about, uh, insightfulness, the curiosity element, um, empathy, just, just what's required to, uh, translate, um, uh, wanting to know the needs of the customer so that you can pr- provide the most effective marketing. Uh, what do you see as the, what is a must read book 
or a must listen to podcast that you would recommend to any of our uh, listeners of the podcast today? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not a person who typically um, recommends specific books or blogs. And the reason why is because whether you're, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or you're um, some other, you know, in, in vogue thinker, people tend to borrow lenses. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, um, I don't want to duck the question, but I would say rather than borrowing somebody's telescope or mm -hmm. microscope, I would say learn about demographics, find books on, on the major uh, factors that are, are influencing um, behavior and population. So one of the things that I, I, would, I would say is read reports um, and I, this is going to sound strange, but read reports about how our society is changing. Read, read information about how the, the real estate market is changing. Uh, for example, um, the, 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 the real estate, um, and I know this is going to sound strange if you want to work in you know, consumer brands, but as our society changes and as we house ourselves differently, multi-generational housing, uh, multi-family, you know, cohabitation, that's telling us about how our consumers are changing, how their preferences are being shaped. So I am constantly looking for, I cast about in, in the internet for, for news about reports on how different industries whether it's the beverage industry, whether it's, as I said, real estate, whether it's the um, personal um, transportation industry is changing. I'm constantly looking for the, the things that are shifting uh, perceptions and, and shifting preferences beneath the feet of my target audience. Um, and whether that's, um, for example, uh, demographic reports on how elders are now moving in, even as singles, there's now sharing houses um, as opposed to moving to uh, retirement villages or multi-generational uh, dwellings are now taking over where there used to only be single family homes. I, I would recommend to people that you, you seek out reports from the government, reports from industry groups, because they're all free. Right. And and um, develop your own lens and your own telescope and your own microscope, as opposed to being known as a devotee of a particular guru uh, from last month or last week or last year. Well, I think that's a great answer because it opens everyone's minds to think about macro impacts uh, because they can actually shape, you know, the, the route you take when you start asking the why behind the why. Uh, to better understand your consumers because people, uh, people, marketers may miss the opportunity of what is impacting certain demographics uh, that causes them to think that it's tried and true. And it's, you know, they, they all want this because of the way it's been done uh, as opposed to being uh, open and aware about these impacts that, that uh, show that there may be a different sort of message or behavior trait or something that's going to appeal to them. Uh, that can manifest itself in a certain vehicle, ad, campaign, uh, et cetera. So no, I think that's a great, great answer because like you said, a lot of these reports are free. 
but uh, depending on the industry that you're in or looking to pursue as a marketer, it would may guide you into a certain direction for some of these uh, macro impacts and macro factors that can uh, influence certain demographics. That's I think that's a great answer. Um, so Matt, thanks for all this information. I think it's great. You know, again, open my eyes to kind of how to think about the marketer's mindset uh, with the curiosity, uh, resourcefulness, the insatiable need to want to learn more and ask more questions. So if anybody wants to uh, learn more about you and what you're doing, where can they find or contact you? Well, first of all, I'd recommend that they contact the American Marketing Association if they're in the greater Philadelphia area. I'm certainly reachable through um, amaphilly.org. If they're interested in contacting me directly, um, you can reach me uh, through my Gmail account. Um, mjroberts777 at gmail. And I'm on um, LinkedIn. Uh, very, so I'm one of the first people that actually registered my name. So it's you can find me at um, LinkedIn, Matt Roberts. And um, I'm always interested in, in connecting with young marketers, especially those people that are interested in asking better questions. And so um, I'm um, as a VP of collegiate relations, I'm always interested in, in helping collegiate marketers make the connections to our community so that they start off with a strong footing in the, in the career and that they have a lasting impact in the greater Philadelphia area primarily, but in the marketing profession secondarily. That's great. So I will make sure to, to share links to all these resources and, and emails that you shared uh, in the show notes. So anyone can check them there so you can contact Matt and, and Matt, I do appreciate you offering the support and service uh, to uh, marketers now and, the next generation of marketers. So I do appreciate that. And I appreciate having you today and thanks for joining. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the marketing help until next time. Happy marketing. All right. Special thanks to Matt Roberts for joining us today on the marketing help podcast and sharing his insights on the marketer's mindset. Now I I'm sure you heard a lot of great advice there on how you can apply the marketer's mindset to your role or your career journey today you know, a couple of things I heard there about being curious, always asking questions, uh, seeking to understand always. And uh, if you do that, you'll be embracing a mindset that supports many successful marketing campaigns. And that's it for today. So we love feedback. Leave a rating or review wherever you listen to uh, your favorite podcasts. And just let me know if there's anything I can do to help you in your marketing career. Just go ahead and email me at eric, E-R-I-K, at themarketinghelp.co. Until next time, this is your host, Eric Harvison. Happy marketing.